Well, good morning. I say Merry Christmas. Does it feel like Christmas to you? Is not this the strangest year that we've ever experienced? I don't know. It is for me. Um, just bow your heads with me for a second. I wasn't. A, I, I didn't. I heard a word from the Lord. I didn't give it, and I wasn't. I couldn't find a, a moment. I just. I, I think you need to hear this. The Lord says that this is a time of sifting. He says, in a time of shifting, there's a shifting in the atmosphere. And God is telling his people to pray as never before. It's going to take the prayers of God's people in faith and perseverance to see what God has planned. Do not be dismayed. Don't look to the left or right. Get your eyes off of what you see and get your eyes on the Lord. He says, there is a shifting coming. But for his children, you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. His hand will be upon you. He will bless you going out and coming in and in all you put your hand to do. There is a time coming. God says there is a shifting in the atmosphere and there will be the greatest move the God that this world greatest move of God this world has ever seen. Miracles, arms and legs. Falling from heaven. I have not forgotten my word. I will fulfill it. But my people who are called by my name must humble themselves and pray and not depart from faith. For I will surely hear them and I will deliver them and I will reward them, says the Lord. Amen. This, this is a strange time. There, there is nothing I can say. I mean, uh, we're in an environment right now where uh, the governor may be uh, doing some more stringent uh, things to us um, in a, an attempt to stop this virus. And, uh, you know, we're, but uh, I know this, that you and I, as people of faith, need to continue to stand upon the word like never before and confess his word. He said he sent his word and he healed us and delivered us from all our distresses. And he also said, you know, we had some friends that were missionaries in Ukraine. And they went there right after the, the wall came down in Berlin and it opened up for them. And they went to establish that so there was a, a Bible college in Kiev, Ukraine, in the city. And, and while they were there, it was a lawless time. It was like the Wild West. I mean, seriously. You'd go into stores and everybody was sitting there with an AK-47 or an Uzi on their lap. You go to the gas stations and there would be, you know, lines of cars like the gas lines we had in the 70s for those of you old enough to remember. But that was every day. And they had AK-47s and guards at every gas station. And, uh, you know, it was unbelievable time. These friends of ours went to the bank one day. And while they were at the bank trying to change some money, a bank, uh, a, a robbery took place. And there was bullets being sprayed all over the place. And they were laying their... His family was laying in the, in the floor of the car, and you know what they were praying? The 91st Psalm. And I think like never before, that's, that's, that, and God protected them. And that word is for you and I today. No plague has come in nigh our dwelling. 
I'm standing upon that word. And I know some of you have gone through this thing, you know, and, and I don't have an understanding and explanation for it, and nor do I have to. But all I'm doing is tell you that we need to stand by faith and walk by faith and not by sight. So, um, have you ever dared to ask God how? How are you going to do that, God? I, I know... Boy, it doesn't look like there's any way. Anybody been there? We've been praying for a young lady in our uh, church and whose father needs a job. And it uh, doesn't look like there's any way. But, and, and you pray and you say, but they're, they're just, it, it doesn't seem like there's any way. How in the world are you going to get him a job? How is it going to happen? How can you possibly turn this situation around? You promised in your word, but I don't see any way. Anybody been there? I know you have. I know some of you. There are several people in this church facing some serious problems between sickness and finances and relationship and some of those. And some of you online as well. Welcome to you, all of you who are watching online. Um, but I want to tell you, the Lord has given me a word of encouragement for you today. He spoke to me, he said, you know, you need to give people some, you talked about hope. You need to get some, I mean, we know these things. But you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And so the repetition of it, I, I said in my class the other night, I said, it's amazing to me sometimes people come up to me and give me a word and they say, I got this revelation from the Lord. And I thought, well, I've only been preaching to you for the same word for 20 years. Glad you got it. You know, but, but to them, it's, it's a new word. It's revelation. So however it got there, I'm praise the Lord it got there. You know, but sometimes by osmosis, we think, Oh, I got this new word. Well, I, you know, we, we've been telling you that. But anyway, but the Lord is here to tell you today through me that God, I want you to put that, that, uh, that uh, slide up for me, okay? This is the word of the Lord for you today. God will, in fact, God has made a way for you. God will. God has made a way for you. You know, um, Connie was telling me of a revelation she had the other day, and, and uh, she's fine, by the way, but uh, I won't go into all why we're not, she's not here, but just suffice to say, she's fine. I made a mistake, and I'll tell you. I, I finally relented after mm, 40 years that she could have a dog. And so I bought this little ball of white fluff, and we brought it home from the pet store, and it started coughing like crazy. And I thought, oh, great, kennel cough or something. And, you know, that's treatable. And we took her to the vet. And after six hours sitting in the rain Friday night and going to Chick-fil-A and waiting, they won't let you go in and sit there, and came back, and she has bronchitis. Uh, not bronchitis. She has pneumonia. Pneumonia. The dog has pneumonia, not Connie. Sorry, not happy with the pet store, nor the bill at the vet's place. But um, anyway, the dog is sick, and uh, so um, I wasn't supposed to tell you, but I did. So there it is. So she's staying home with a sick dog. So 
Pray for her and the dog. So pray for me. So, because um, anyway, yeah, so, um, but you know, she gave me a revelation the other day. She said, did you know in the book of Jeremiah, when, um, you know, they were falsely, pro- the prophets of Israel were all falsely, falsely prophesying. They were said that they were not going to go to Babylon, that Babylon was going to, uh, you know, they were going to be free from that in two years and get everything ready and, and uh, not to worry about it. And, you know, and, and Jeremiah said, you're all liars. In fact, God killed one of the prophets, Hananiah, because that he was falsely, falsely prophesying. But you know what happened? God, Jeremiah said, here's the word of the Lord. You may go to Babylon, but Babylon is not going to overcome you. God will bless you in Babylon. And I feel like a little of that, that's in that word that I just gave you. That I don't know what's going to happen in this country, but don't you worry about it. God has your back. Even in Babylon, God will take care of you. Okay. But the Israelites had the same problem. And for years and years and years, they kept crying out, crying out, crying out. And, and, and we have a problem, and there doesn't seem to be any way. And I wanted to turn, begin with, uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 13. And Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough that you try, that you try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of God? People were complaining. They're tired of it. So God says, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to give you a sign. There's going to be a virgin. Well, she'll have a child. You know, she's, going to be, she's going to be pregnant, and then she's going to give birth to a son, and you're going to name him God with us. God with us, Emmanuel. You weary God with all your complaining, so he's going to give you a sign. And you know what this sign is? It's an impossible sign. There's no way that a virgin's going to have a child, right? Because by definition, then, she's not a virgin. Not possible. What kind of a way is that, right? I mean, how can that even be a word from the Lord? Can I tell you something about God's words? The more impossible they are, the more likely it's true. Because if you could have thought of it, then God didn't need to tell you. And, and then two chapters later, and, and this is all, and the scholars who study this stuff say this is about two years later. So, so God gives a word to Israel. Hey, the prophet said there's going to be a virgin. She's going to get pregnant, and, and she's going to get, have a child, and gonna, you're going to call him God with us. Two years later, God gives another word. Now, this word doesn't seem any, any more possible than the first one, does it? And it's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, and it says, The people that walked in darkness will have seen a great light. They that live in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government, and 
See, I'm, I'm gotten ahead of myself. Of the increase of his government, peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from now even forever. So, so do you get that? So, so, so there's going to be this, this child that's going to be born. He's going to be... He's going to be a great prince, a king most likely. That, that's good. But listen to his names. He's going to be called Everlasting Father. Well, wait a minute. All, all, all men die. His name is going to be Almighty God. He's going to sit on the throne of David. He's going to be an heir of David who's going to live forever. He's going to be the Prince of Peace. He's going to be a counselor. He's going to be wise like Solomon. He's going to, have a, he's going to be a great leader. And then he says in the, in the next verse, in verse 7, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will manifest this, will perform it. So let me get this straight. A woman who is a virgin is going to give birth to a son, and this son is going to live forever. He's going to be God. He's going to sit upon the throne of David. You made that up. There is no way that's possible. No way. 740 years later, God delivers on his promise. God makes a way. It's finally revealed. I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 1. An angel named Gabriel shows up in a little village in, in the northern Galilee on top of a little mountain and in a little town, dusty town called Nazareth. And he says to a little young lady, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, don't be afraid, Mary. I mean, to see an angel is a pretty awesome sight. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. That blessing Pastor Dave talked about, it's yours. Really? Now listen, here's what's going to happen. You're going to conceive, you're going to, and become pregnant, and give birth to a son, and you're going to call his name Jehovah is Salvation. Yeshua, Jesus. And he's going to be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God is going to give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, over Israel, forever, and have his kingdom. There will be no end of his kingdom. Now, that's exactly the manifestation of the word that was given to Isaiah 740-some years prior. You see, one of the problems we have in a, in a microwave society is we hear a word and we have an expectation it's going to happen in six seconds. You know, Abraham had to walk by faith for 25 years in the land of promise before he saw Isaac. But God gave him a word. He said, there's going to be a way. We were talking about this the other night. Noah, think of that. Noah, Noah started building a boat. He didn't even know what a boat was. He'd never seen any rain. He didn't see any water except the dew came up from the ground. And God told him to build a boat, a huge, big mammoth boat. And it took him 100 years to build it. 
Now, would have you stopped somewhere along the way? And he only had himself and his sons to build this thing. Go up to Cincinnati sometime. They have a reproduction, a re- reproduction of, the, of the ark up there. It's a mammoth boat. And he built it by himself for a hundred years. See, God was making a way to deliver mankind. And so the fulfillment of the prophecy is given to Mary in this little dusty town in Nazareth. And then she says, well, how can this be since I've not been intimate with a man? And the angel said, well, so so here's the most fantastic thing. The angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to do it. The power of God is going to overshadow you. And that thing that's going to be born in you will be called the Son of God. Now, imagine if you're Mary and this angel is standing in front of you. The fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, she probably didn't ever hear it. And, and this is what's going to happen? And of course, you know what she said. There's a young lady by faith. God picked her out of all the people in the world to, to be the the repository for the Holy Spirit and for Jesus on this earth. And you know what she said? As you said, Lord, be it unto me, just like you said. You're going to conceive and give birth to a child, but you're a virgin. But see, I've made a way. I have a plan. I haven't forgotten you. What I promised I will fulfill. I will make a way where there seems to be no way. And the zeal, the, the, the power, the dunamis thing of God will, will manifest it in you. Because with God, you see, nothing is impossible. It's impossible for, there is no way that a virgin can get pregnant. Well, there is, but not the way you said But God will always make a way to fulfill his word. If he promised it, he will make a way. That's the word that the Lord wants you to grasp a hold of today. If it's here in his word, he will make a way for you. And he already has. How? Because I said so. My virtue, my strength, my power, God says, I have a zeal. To, I have a desire, a consuming passion to fulfill my word, but I'm going to do it in my time, and I'm going to do it in my way. You know what we call that? A miracle. Throughout the Bible, over and over and over again, we have gotten promises from God. He says, my ways aren't your ways. In fact, they're a little bigger than what you could think of, Right? Isaiah 43, let's let's go there. Verse 16. He says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. He's talking about the Red Sea. There was no way they're standing there at the brink of the Red Sea. The Egyptian army's over here. The Red Sea's over here. But God said, oh, part. Raise your staff. God makes a way through the sea just for you. 
It, it's he who drew out the chariots and, and he waited all night long. You know why they waited all night long against the edge of the Red Sea? Because he's waiting to get all the chariots of Israel into line, in, in, into just the right place for just the right time. The army and the reinforcements together and they went into the sea, they followed them and you know what? They lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. God says, don't dwell on what you see. And even the former things, because I've got a new way. Don't dwell on the past. See, see, I'm doing a new thing. I'm making a new way. I promised a way, but you haven't even yet begun to conceive the way that God is going to take care of your problem just for you. Now it's springing up. Don't you see it? Don't you understand it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, and, and I'm, I'm, there, there was nothing but jungle here. I, I was watching a golf game yesterday from uh, Mayacopa down in, uh, in the uh, uh, near uh, Cancun. And throughout this entire jungle, they just carved a golf course right out of this, right out of this jungle. You don't want to miss it too far left or too far right because you'll be in the jungle. But there's a golf course there. Well, God does the same thing. You're in the middle of a jungle. I make a way through the jungle, through the wilderness. Don't you understand? Don't dwell on the things of the past. I'm doing a new thing. It's, spring, it's springing up. Don't you sense something in your spirit? God has a way for you. He says, I'll make a way in the desert for you. I'll put water where there was no water. You know, he, did that for, he did that for Israel, didn't he? I mean, they were out there. They, they need water. So what did God do? Uh, there's no water out here, Lord. There's not a spring. There's no river. There's no stream. There's no lake. There's no pond. Um, he says, okay, see that rock? Yeah. Hit the rock. Okay. And out of that rock flowed enough water. Think of that. There's two million Israelites following Jesus, I mean, going out in the wilderness. And they're going to be there for 40 years. And there's enough water coming out of that rock to supply enough water for all those Israelites for 40 years because that rock followed them in the wilderness. That's impossible. No, God made a way. God made a way. You know, you get to the edge of the Red Sea, it's easy for people to say, well, boy, we, should, we surely miss God here. We've stepped out in faith and we decided to follow God and now we got the Egyptians on one side and the Red Sea on the other. God says, I'll make a way. Don't you understand? Don't you sense it? Don't you, don't you feel God? God is making a way. we'd say, this wasn't the way. Have you ever taken your phone and gone to your maps and said, okay, I'm here and I want to go there? And you put that in your phone and it tells you turn right here and turn left here and 600 feet. I don't know how far 600 feet is. I know how far 100 yards is, but I don't know how far 600 feet is. So I always turn before or after I should. You know, have you ever done that? In, in 1,000 feet, is that a half a mile, quarter? I, you know, I don't know. Can't think that fast. Anyway, you know, you put things in there. Have you ever wound up in the wrong place by following your GPS on your phone? If you haven't, you've not been. You know why? Because you're using Apple Maps. If you use Google, you'd find the way. It's a little Android thing here going, okay, good. I'm a Samsung person myself. See, 
Samsung. But you see, what we would say is, well, we must have missed the way. And I said, no, 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 I'm not taking you this way. I know you wouldn't go this way, but I'm taking you this way because I'm making a way for you. It's different than what I might have done for them, but I'm making a way for you, okay? When they get to the Jordan River and have to cross it, he makes a way. They come to Jericho. Now, if you study the, the, the I've been to Jericho. They have, they've excavated, they've rebuilt part of the city. And, and the walls that were of Jericho initially were something like 20 feet high and six to eight feet thick. And then there was, there was an exterior wall, then a space, and then an interior wall equal to that. That's why Rahab's house was on top between the, it spanned the two the two uh, walls. So you are facing a walled city. Now, granted, the city probably didn't have more than, I don't know, they don't think it was that big, but you know, maybe 50,000, 75,000 people. Well, if, first of all, if you're Israel and you got 500,000 fighting men, what is 50,000 people behind a wall to you? But I mean, you could have attacked the wall for weeks though and never gotten through it. So God says, here, I have an idea. What I want you to do is march around the wall every day, and I want all 500,000 of you, I want you to all march around the wall once every day for six days. Really? That's a way. Okay, so they do it. Now, on the seventh day, what I want you to do is I want you to march around it. This time, I want you to march around seven times, and I want all the priests to sound the shofars, and everybody give a big shout, big shout of praise to God. That's a way. And what happens when they do it? Well, of course, the walls fall flat. Was that even conceivable? That was impossible. We're facing an impossibility in our lives. But God says, no, I'm going to make a way. It's going to be different than your way. Your, your way would have been put up some C4 against the wall and blow it up, and you know, I, then you could have gotten through. But since you didn't have C4, you needed another way. How, but see... God is not short of ideas. He's made a way. He's made a promise. And mankind, us, because of Adam and his mess, we became in need of a Savior. All, throughout, the, throughout the Word, God makes promises. Somebody put together a list of all the promises, and just you know, I can't even begin to tell you the number of promises God has made. But did you know the word of God says every promise is yes and so be it to them who believe. But I don't see any way. You don't know God. God will make a way. God will make a way. He said they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. How can that happen? And so God sends a messenger to a little girl, a young lady, a young, young teenage girl, and, and says, here's the way. You're going to be the way. You're going to be the repository for the seed of God. And this is the way that I'm going to change. I'm going to satisfy all the promises, all, all access that you can have access to, all the promises. I'm going to redeem you, and you're going to be the vessel for that. 
And so the baby grows and becomes a man, and he grows for 30 years before he begins his ministry. So in spite of what they told us when we were young people in the 60s, that you're not washed up at 30, nor at 70 or 80, okay? And so Jesus begins to minister. I, I, there, on the back side of the, of the little mountain that where Nazareth is, there's, a little, there's another little town. It's all, it's all Arab today, and it's called Cana. And he goes to a wedding in Cana, and they run out of wine. And I'm going to use this example for a purpose, not to promote wine, but the, the father of the, of the bride who is supplying all the stuff, they run out of wine, and his mother runs to Jesus and said, they're out of wine. Terrible dishonor to the family. They've run out of supplies. And Jesus is kind of, mm, you know, not really. But he finally, she persists. And so the little girl who's now his mother's, you know, tells him. And so he tells everybody, okay, oh, see those big, there's, they have these jars in Canaan when you go to one of the churches there. And they're about this high. And they hold about 16 gallons of water. And so he tells the servants fill up these four water pots with water. Well, I thought we were out of wine. We didn't want water. We can get water. There's a well right there. Yeah, fill it up. And he speaks the word over it. And as soon as they dip their, their cup into it, what do they have? The best wine they've ever tasted. Why? God made a way. God made a way. God made a way. One day... Jesus was with his disciples. They were up on the mountain. They just fed a bunch of people, 5,000 people, with five loaves and two fish. How's that possible? Well, God made a way. And, and his disciples left early. They took the last boat, and Jesus is there by himself, and he needs to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Well, there's no boats. No problem. God made a way. He walked on the water. Are you with me? Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't care how impossible the situation looks. God has made a way. He comes to a a father who is in desperate situation. His daughter is dying at home. And he begs Jesus to come and heal his daughter. And on the way, they're greeted by some of their friends and says, don't bother Jesus anymore because your daughter's dead. Your daughter's dead. There's no way. I mean, it's too late. There was no way in their minds for anything to change. But Jesus comes and he speaks the word of life. The life giver speaks a word, and the child wakes from a death sleep and is given to her parents. There was no way until Jesus. There was no way until Jesus. And that's what, that's what, he, that's what he was trying to explain to, to uh, uh, Thomas when he, go to John, 15, John 14, 5 and 6 for me. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, So how can we know the way? 
Jesus said, well, silly, I'm the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I'm the way. I'm the way for every circumstance in your life. I am the answer to all your problems. I'm the how, I'm the who, I'm the what, I'm the when, and I'm the why, and I'm the way. I'm the only way. Everything else, you know, I, I, I praise God for doctors and nurses and medicine, and I believe all wisdom is God's wisdom, and he's given us this so that we might be blessed. But at the end of the day, the only thing that counts is the way that God has given us, and the way is called Jesus. Every need that you have has been given to you and met because Jesus is the way. I'm the way. I'm the wonderful one. I'm the almighty God. I'm the answer. I'm the everlasting father. See, now we understand the prophecy of Isaiah. He said the virgin is going to have a child, and, and this child is going to be called the mighty God. This child is going to be called the everlasting father. This child is going to be called the prince of shalom. He's the, he's the peace giver. He's the life giver. How is that possible? Well, that's the way. That's the way. God made a way. God makes a way. See, for a lot of people, your dreams died. Circumstance happened. Life happened. And then you say, where's God? And you look at this thing and you say, this is dead. There's no, there's no way out. Our dreams of deliverance, our, our hope is gone. I thought you were going to make a way, Lord. How in the world are you going to turn this around? I thought you had a way. I, I, I don't get it. They killed the Prince of Life. For three days, the disciples were despondent, desperate. They're coming after us next. They thought they knew the way, but they didn't understand. Three days later, God showed them the way. They had never, they were, this was a way that had never occurred before in the history of the world. Think about it. The resurrection. Did anybody think that was the way? They didn't. I, darn, I didn't think of that, Lord. Right, but he did. He did. There was another way. And you see, my friends, that's the problem. We always ask him how. We don't see any way. But we serve a God who calls those things that are not as though it already was. Because to him, they are. Even though you don't see the way, the God who made heaven and earth sees a way. And when he says he'll make a way, you need to have faith that he has made a way. Every promise God made for us is a way out for us. And if he says, I'll make a way, if he says, I will heal you, I will deliver you, I'll, I'll satisfy your mouth with good things, either you believe that or you don't believe it because God says, I made the way just for you. Take, take responsibility and receive it from me, says the Lord. I don't see a way for that job. Well, God sees a way. 
He knows your need before, he ask, before you even ask him, but he does say ask him. Think of it. I'm the Lord that heals you. How, how, how? Doctors don't have a cure. But God says to you, my friends, there's someone watching. God says God has made a way for you. His word has declared healing for you. God will make a way when there's no hope. He said, forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? When God says he'll make a way, the way might not come in the manner in which you thought it would, nor may it come in the time frame that you thought it would, but it will come. And when it does, God will tell you, this is my way. At just the right time. We always will come up. I mean, you can't live this life without escaping some kind of a situation where your back's against the wall, you're between a rock and a hard place like the Red Sea, and you think, well, maybe, you know, I miss God. You might have. You might have put yourself in a position that you shouldn't have been in if you'd asked God in the first place, because I want to tell you, I've done that enough. I have kicked so many doors open in my life and regretted it, but you know what? God's grace and compassion has always made a way for me. All you have to do is regroup and say, Lord, what do you want to do here? I believe from you you're going to make a way. I believe you're going to find my answer. I trust you to make a way. God has made a way for us to come to him. God has made a way for us to have access by a new and living way. He promised us to give us a way. Let me ask you today, are you asking God how? Have you said there's no way? Do you need God to do something for you? And you, you, you want to believe it, and you do believe it, and you have hope to believe it, but you're still, said, Lord, how, am I going to, how are you going to do this? I want to give you just a, just a little testimony of a way God did for us. In 1976, Connie got pregnant. She wasn't she was a virgin, but anyway, it wasn't the Immaculate Conception. And she was, she was pregnant, and four months into the pregnancy, she began to bleed. We were watching a Redskins game, whooping it up in the back of the room, and she's in the bed, and she's bleeding terribly. Rush her immediately to the hospital. Most of you know the testimony, but I'm going to share it again, for especially if it bears repeating. We get to the hospital, and the, and the doctor says, well, your cervix has broken. You're losing this baby. There is no hope for you. We will do a, uh, uh, you will abort that baby. You will not keep it, and uh, it's just a matter of time. And so they put her uh, in a room and uh, just were waiting for her to, you know, abort the baby. And uh, she had been raised, as you know, in a godly home. She knew the Lord at an early age, went to these miracle service with Oral Roberts and A.A. Allen and Jack Coe and all these people in the 50s and 60s. And, and, um, but she moved away from the Lord, and that's how she married me. We believed in a God, but we weren't really serving him. And she lay there in that hospital bed, and she said, Lord, I ask you to forgive me 
uh, turn my back on you. And if you'll give me this child, I will raise him to know you. And a couple hours later, they came and she had stopped bleeding. And they said, well, we're going to send you home. There's no reason for you to stay here. You can go home, but you will be back because you will abort this child. Well, five months later, on December 25th, God had made a way. And in fact, when they went in there to deliver your pastor, Dave, her cervix was so, they had to actually cut it. It had been healed over so strongly. And God gave us the best Christmas present ever. Our son, David, your pastor. A Christmas present. You know what? When there seems to be no way, God will make a way. And I could go down the list of the last 40-some years that we've been serving the Lord in ministry, out of ministry, whatever we're doing. And there's no circumstance or situation that we've ever faced where God has not made a way. Sometimes it didn't come in the form that I thought it was. Sometimes it didn't come at the time that I thought it should. I want to close with this. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. And after Mary, you have to understand the, the reproach that Mary would have been in in Israel in that time for a young girl who's engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And now she's pregnant. What will people think? And Joseph had considered it. He considered separating from her and not marrying her. But Gabriel showed up and talked to him. He said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because it means Jehovah is salvation. For he will save his people from their sins. And actually the word save there is sozo. He will make this people whole, body, soul, and spirit. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet in Isaiah chapter 9 and Isaiah chapter 7, that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They'll call his name God with us, Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his Mary home as his wife. And he gave him the name Jesus. You see, that's how God fulfills his word. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God, almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Emmanuel, Jesus. God will make a way for you. He has made a way for you. And he's made a way for me and he'll do the same thing for you and the way is called Jesus. I, I know you know this, but be of good cheer. Be filled with faith. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you may face tomorrow, God will make a way. Take comfort in the fact that Jesus was born at a time when there was no hope. 
He was born at just the right time to make a way. It might take some perseverance. It might take some faith. It might take some word, but he was born to meet your need because he loved you. The way he was born for you and me. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. Are you facing a Red Sea? Is there no way out? Maybe you've prayed and said, Lord, you promised. You haven't seen the way. Can I tell you something? Jesus was born just for you, to meet your need. He would have done it just for one. He did it for you. He did it for me. No matter what you're up against, whether it's sickness or disease, financial, spiritual, emotional, it says he will save, he will sozo his people. His name is Jesus because he will make them whole in every area of their life. Every promise God has made is yours. This morning, I want you to understand God has made a way for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, while every head is bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you did and you're not serving him right now. He wants you to come home. He, he made a way for you to, have, to come back to the Father. He made a way for you to have access to the promises of God. He made a way for you to have peace in your life because he's called the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're in turmoil and despair. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I put my life in your hands. I believe you're my Lord and my Savior, and I want to serve you. Please forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and live big in me. If you'll do that, if you'll just pray that prayer right where you are, Jesus will hear it, and the peace of God will flood your heart, and the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will pour out upon you. And you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Oh, you may have some difficulties. In fact, Jesus said you will have troubles in this life. But be of good cheer. He's made a way for you. He's made a way for you. Father, we receive the way. Because you're the way maker. You've made a way for us. And Lord, we receive that hope, that joy, that peace today. And by faith. We're going to push on and persevere. No matter what comes at us in this coming year, no matter what comes at us tomorrow, no matter what we're going through today, thank you that you're the way maker. You've made a way for us, and we receive it in Jesus' name.